Iowa. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the end of the Red Cooper podcast. You are not looking for a normal intro. This is the great Tommy Enzo leading us in on for product as always, by Ronnie Ace's Racetrack Casino and Hotel. We are going to hang out with uh harmonica player, player, coach, author, and people. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be fantastic. Tommy's going to have to Well, when did you guys get here? <laughs> when did we get here? Oh my God! Oh, oh, on harmonica, we're going to bring him in here in just a second. Let's introduce the panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game, and I actually have a quote from Tommy Angelo from Painless Poker. He said, "The game is forever changing, but the pain remains." And I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter, and I'm pretty speechless after that intro. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Jim Reed, Bluffstreamy in the home game, and hold them underscore uh, Steelers on Twitter. And I just want to soak this all in. That one left me speechless. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm John Somsky, and I guess I won't be speechless this time. I got a quote from Scotty Wynn. You call, going to be all over, baby. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Love it. All right, we're going we're gonna to grab, uh, jump right in here with Tommy in a second here, but just real quick, uh, as you guys know, the second half of the episode, we focus on things going on in the rec poker community, so I'm just going to tease a couple of things. Our Learn Pro Poker Partnership is live. We are super excited about that. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the second half of the show. Uh, the book study book has been decided and starts this week. As you're listening to this, it's going to be starting this week. So if you want to participate in that, you can jump in any time. But if you want to jump in at the beginning, it's this week. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And Marek Madness is underway. Uh, Thursday nights on Twitch, live commentary. Uh, we're doing the heads up bracket. Uh, when you're listening to this, the first round will have been decided and we're down to the final four. Uh, so we'll talk more about that. But let's bring him in. Tommy Angelo, welcome to Rec Poker. Thank you. Glad to be back. Hi, guys. Uh, it's, it's always fun to see you, man. It's so great. So, all right, the, the harmonica now, is that is that uh, just sort of been a lifelong thing or is this a new No, I, uh, I took up harmonica the summer of 2017. Um, I just, uh, you know, I've loved it forever, but I broke my arm and I heard that uh, – Harmonica was basically a left-handed instrument. You hold it in the left hand and then you yeah. move it like that. And I was like, well, hell, I can learn this thing left-handed. And so I've been playing every day for four years, haven't skipped a day. Is that right? Are, are you, like taking lessons or you care yourself? No, I, from YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So because I play a, lot, a number of other instruments, I can educate myself and come up with my own exercises and stuff and just like narrow down on what exactly what I want to learn. So yeah, it's been really, really fun. That's pretty fun, man. Always learning something new. Always learning, right? Always growing. Always expanding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's let's talk about. I, well, we can kind of leave it up to you. I know you're involved in a few new things that I want to touch base on, but maybe let's just start with with your perspective on what, man. What have you been up to? What sort of front of mind uh, that you can update Rec Poker Nation on the life of Tammy Tommy Angelo here? <laughs> okay. Well. Basically, ever since I was deep about breath, eight, deep, deep breath. Yeah, <laughs> here's my life story. You know, I've been making something or other—books, music, 
whatever, you know, kind of my whole life. I started recording music when I was eight. You know, my mom brought home a little wall and sack recorder from school. So I thought I was going to be writing books for a, a long, long time. And so I started writing articles and I've been writing poker articles for 20 years. I've been writing books for 12 years. And then I stopped like two or three years ago when Lee Jones came along with this idea to do the poker simple videos. Yeah. Okay. And then I started getting into movie making, which does involve sound editing too. And, uh, you know, I'm an audio engineer, but that's just been my, where all my creative energy is going right now in the making movies and writing tweets. I'm actually working a little bit harder on, you know, the actual wording of tweets and stuff. But in terms of what I'm doing creatively, it's all about making movies right now. That's what I'm doing. So my current project is called Poker Words. Yeah. It it, ha it it hasn't even been searched enough to even get rating high on the searching. But if you search, if you go to my website, TomAngelo.com, scroll down just a teeny bit, the homepage, that's really the best way to find it. Click on one of those videos, that'll take you to YouTube. Then you'll be at my channel. And it, the name of the channel is Tommy Angel. That's the name of the YouTube channel. Um, so I strongly encourage anybody to, you know, that's ever liked any of my stuff ever to check out these videos because I'm having a blast putting them together and it's just a whole new outlet for me. Yeah, it's so much fun. I mean, so I was out there, I was, I was, you know, in part of my research, but I was like, man, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of, of watching your videos. It's, they're pretty fun out there. I know right now uh, for Poker Words, it looks like you're in the middle of, you kind of got two out of three uh, pieces done um, in, in the one series that you're doing on position. And I want to talk a little bit about that and maybe tease that sure. a little bit and, and get people going out there. To watch it. So the first one, you talk about this act last percentage. And uh -huh. I, I was kind of fascinated as, as a numbers junkie, uh, as yeah. a math guy, but yet looking to make poker simple. I was uh -huh. right. by this guy, never really thought about it like as a numeric thing. I just know, well, you really want to be acting last. You want position. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the concept of this act last percentage. Sure. Basically, if you're a poker player who believes that the person acting last has an advantage, okay, then, and if you if you were to like look at all the streets you play, we'll just go post flop. If you could somehow do a hand history analysis of all the hands you've ever played, and and look at like how often do you act last compared to your opponents. Well, let's say that you're average. Let's say that you and all your people you play with all act last exactly the same amount of time on average. Well, then you have no positional advantage whatsoever, okay? Now, in the early days, it was kind of a secret that, hey, if you play fewer hands out of position, that's better, right? You play more hands in position, fewer hands out of position. We all learned that. But, and we learn, oh, position's a good thing. But for some reason, we don't really go to the next level, which is what if acting last were the object of the game? Hmm. You know, what if, if acting last is really such a great thing? What if it were the top of your mindset? I was like, hey, I want to act last more than they do by a large margin. OK, so now I've been applying this philosophy to my game for 20 years and I've been coaching it for almost that long. Or, and and so as a result of coaching it a whole bunch and teaching it a bunch of different ways, that's how this, and writing about it so many times, that's how this whole, I came up with a label for it, act last percentage. Mm -hmm. What percentage of the hands do you act last on? Okay. And now even if you don't do the calculation, it's the concept that matters. Right. So here's where it really matters. And this ties into reciprocality, which is you have to do something different than they do or else you're tired. 
right? So let's just say that you're playing ranges from the blinds that are, we'll just say normal, whatever that means, somewhere in the, you know, 30 to 35, 40 VPIP range. That's counting all your squeezes and everything, right? And everybody else was playing that too. Well, what if all of a sudden you dropped your VPIP from the blinds down to say 20%, okay? Now you could look at say, well, the hands that I'm gonna fold are gonna be the marginal hands, right? So you're not necessarily losing much money there, if, if at all. But then look what that does to your at class percentage. Just by doing that and doing nothing more but fold from the blinds more, that's going to automatically increase the number of streets you at class in your life mm. by some amount. Okay. So I've been applying this philosophy for a long, long time, and I estimate my at class percentage to be 75 to 80%, mm. which is to me almost, it's borderline unfair. Do you know kind of context wise, like what? what the average might be, or do you hypothesize around what, like- well, I'm guessing the average is 50%. You know, in, a, in, a, okay. in other words, it's gonna be, well, I mean, fit, um, it's going to be, see that, that I don't know, yeah, it's gonna I, be- I there's sort of a, there has to be in a sense if it's at least in heads up play or whatever, but generally you're on 50%, okay. Well, it's gonna balance out to zero. If you looked at every single player, it's gonna come out to, you know, an average. So. The, the the actual act last percentage is yeah. less important than the concept right. yep. of adjusting your play. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that uh, one guy opens under the gun and you and you limp and you call him. So mm -hmm. you're playing two five, a guy opens for 20, you call 20, and a guy behind you who's a tough, solid player, uh, three bets. Okay. Mm -hmm. It comes back around and I've got six, seven suited. And let's say the stacks are deep. I'm going to fold here, even if this guy calls, because I'm not going to be acting last. I have a nice drawing hand, but it's no good in front of the three better, right? I'm going to be check folding most of the time. If I hit, he's going to know it because he's exposed his range. However, if I'm behind that three better and the stacks are, say, 200 big blinds, I'm absolutely going to play that hand, mm. right? So there's a case where just the fact that I'm not going to be acting last on the Turner River, it's unlikely, is the reason I fold. Now, you could come up with other reasons for folding, but that's my reason. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, lo I love it. I, my, my, my mind is spinning. I'm already like figuring out, okay, how can I actually mathematize this and figure out like what is what is the advantage of that? I mean, have you done any sort of, I, I totally agree with the concept. I love it. I'm a yeah. big position guy because I hate playing out of position partially because you know, you have less information, partially because when you do hit, it's harder to extract value. All the things that you're right. talking about. Right. Have, you, have you done any work? Have you found anybody to do any work as far as figuring out like what, you know, EV potential change there is as a result of doing that? Well, I, with clients, yes. By having right. so many of them report. So the, if when I'm coaching a low stakes player is not terribly sophisticated i just give them and they say to me you just tell me what to do and i'll do it because some client right. people are like that and i just give them hands like an opening chart for everything up to the hijack you know under the gun plus one two three four and i give them this opening range chart that is like basically a i don't know an eight percent range or something like that and i tell them okay you know, do this for two weeks, right? If you can. And then I give them a, a blinds, like defending the blinds chart. That's like 
same thing, like 20% maybe defending from the big blind. Mm -hmm. Even limp, even even in limp pots, like the third of the of the videos I'm making is called folding the small blind in limp pots. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that video is like my manifesto, even though it's a even though it's about a very specific thing, every all of that I'm saying here about position is in there. Because if you believe in this concept, what that means is when five people limp, and it only costs you a buck to call in a one-two game, you're going to look at that jack-six suited, and you're going to muck it. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the world plays it, right? right? And that's what I'm talking about, is saying no to that first position because you're in first position, because it's just all bad. So I have to look at everything as an experiment. And so I can say to clients, go try this and tell me what you feel, what it feels like. So you're asking, like, do I have any reports on EV? I have... I have reports of people coming back to saying this changed my life. I'm finally not afraid. I can't wait to play poker now. This is the you know, I've heard that so many times that I was like, okay, I guess this is worth yeah. publishing. Oh, I, I love it. I, lo I love the concept of it. I think it, it starts to put a put some 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 meat on that bone of I want to play more in position. Uh, and that's a yeah. great way to track it. I'm, right. I'm kind of curious if you've done this or maybe a little bit of a, a tangent here, but I know Jim is like a PT4 guru. Is, is this sort of stuff for people that are out there? I know we have a lot of people in rec poker that have just started playing more online. Uh, many of them have just started getting poker trackers so they can kind of look at their results. Is this something that people could look at in their own personal database? Is it, you know, is that accessible pretty easily for people? I know it's maybe not a given stat in there. But is it pretty easy to find out like what percentage of hands you're playing in position versus out of position? I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm never, I mean, I know what poker tracker is and I've yeah. touched it occasionally, but I'm just not, I don't really understand it. Jim, Jim or Chris. Yeah, you, you can, know? you can look at it a few different ways. And one thing that's clear is that the money flows from out of position to in position. So that, and you can just, you can kind of drill down a little deeper and see how quickly it flows <laughs> in certain yeah. circumstances but that's definitely true that's definitely because yeah. i'm just kind of curious because it feels like it's one of those things like bowling average right you ask people what their average is in bowling and they'd say oh i'm 160 and then they actually keep track of it for a year and it's like oh it's one right. m you know it feels right. like this this might be the kind of thing where people we're all kind of fooling ourselves to think oh yeah i'm playing 70 percent of pots in position but mm. what does the number yeah. actually say well yeah yeah and and like yeah i i am like you where i like to have whether it's poker or whatever else some kind of data supporting my decision first yeah. but ultimately i'm going to make my decision after i apply whatever the heck it is right right yeah. and so you don't necessarily i don't think especially somebody who's struggling right with their results and is willing to try new things, this is certainly worth a shot. The thing I say is like, you're not going to go broke folding shitty hands in first position. That's not going to be what makes you go broke. Okay. Yeah, I, I love it. I just say, I think it just could be one of those things where people that are data people just say, all right, well, go look at it, go look at your stats and just kind of see right. where you're and at how does it maybe adjust it and then see what happens to your results. So I love that. The, the the second video, so I'm really curious about that. The second video, and these are all about position mm -hmm. uh, that, that you have out there is folding to three bets from behind. And you kind of touched on this a little bit, but maybe elaborate a little bit on what you're getting at uh, with that video. Okay. First of all, let me just tell you a little bit about these three videos. Okay, so most of the videos I'm gonna be making after this are gonna be a little more free form, just me vamping on stuff. Okay, these three videos are actually based on works I've already written. So they're a little scripted. And that's why they're so tight. Okay, mm -hmm. why the material is so tight. Okay. 
Um, so this, and, and so the three of them together, I'm calling a series called On Position. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, now folding to three bets. Okay, so basically there's two specific spots. This is almost word for word from the video where I've taken the guesswork out of folding. Okay. And, and, and basically it's um, the, the, the drift here is this concept called showdown hand. Okay. And this is something that was in elements of poker and it's been, you know, kicked around a lot by me and Alex and Matt Flynn in our early days. And the whole idea is if you start with an ace or a pocket pair, mm-hmm. right. And you, especially if you're against somebody that bluffs a lot, you know all the way back before the flop that you can call his ass down on the river if you want to. Every time. You always have some showdown value, right? Again, right. Yep. Right. And so that concept, which was huge at limit poker and no limit, right, um, tied together with uh, this uh, how bad it is to be out of position with like the example I give in the, the video is like you got nine, eight suited, typical hand where we'd like to play it. So we're out of position in this hand and, we're, and, and, we, were, and we were aggressive or whatever, we're throwing some chips in there. And then all of a sudden it comes down the river. If you end up with nothing, okay, yep. only one of two things can happen. You're either just gonna check fold or you have to flail a bluff out there on the river, which these days is a little harder to get away with, right? Especially if the story doesn't add up perfectly. And, and um, but if you have an ace, you check. Anytime they check behind, you're always a contender. And anytime they bet, you have the option to pick off a bluff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I do with the three bet pots out of position is I fold all hands except showdown hands, which is approximately 22% range or something, 20% range. Aces, any hand with an ace and any pocket pair. And okay. you're talking about suited and unsuited when I look at the chart, right? It's, it's right. this is about showdown value. So right. if ace high is a showdown value, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, ace three suited or ace seven off suit, it's ace high. Right. If you're going to call a big bet on the river, it doesn't much matter if you have ace king or ace deuce. Right. Right. You're not calling on the river to try to beat ace queen, although that can't happen, but you know what I'm saying. Right. right. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, now, uh, so the idea there is, so if I, now, now one of the things that, that makes this make a little more sense is that my general range is already tight to start with. So I'm not one of these people who's in there opening a lot with nine, eight in the first place, you know, in earlier middle position, right? So I don't get in these spots very often where I just have to fold to the three, but, but let's say I'm in the cutoff with Jack 10 suited and I raise, I open playing two, five, I make a 20 and the button makes it 70 behind me. Okay, and it comes back around. I'm folding 100% of the time here. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the worst player in the world, the loosest player in the world. It just doesn't matter. I'm not playing three bet pots out of position without a showdown hand. That's it. So I started doing that 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And and it's just, man, it's just so easy. So (laughs) one of the things I like about it is it takes the guesswork out. You're not in these... Like, what do I do now? That's what I loved about your stuff. I haven't read all your stuff, but I've read a little bit and I've seen a lot of your stuff. And like, you do have this way of, part of it's your personality. I smile every time I see one of your tweets or whatever, just because I've now had a chance to talk to you. But just like, you're just like, just fold. Like, (laughs) I love when you do things like that, where you're just like, when, when, you know, when somebody three bets you from position, just fold. Like, it's not hard, like, just fold. Right, 
Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but it's Jack 10 suited and what if I flop really big? Right. You know, you're like, well, one of the standard objections that, that complicated. No, one of the standard objections is, oh, if I fold there, I'll get exploited later. Okay, well, I've got like eight ways to debunk that. One of them is <laughs> I've been exploited my whole life as a poker player and my win rate at no limit holdup has not changed in 20 years. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, everybody exploits everybody. You can now out-exploit them. So let's say you open from the cutoff, a guy three bets and you fold. And an hour later, you open from the cutoff and a guy three bets and you fold. Yep. Now you're in a position to exploit that. Doesn't right. matter how. Somehow, some way, you can take advantage of that pattern yeah. if you're a good poker player. That's yep. all. <laughs> Love it. It's all about adjusting, right? Nash equilibriums yeah. get there not overnight. Yeah. They get there this way, that way, this way, that way. So we're yeah. pushing when they're pulling. I right. <laughs> I love it so much. So, so the, the third video, I don't know when you're planning on releasing that one, but uh, what, what's the third video in the series? And remind me. Okay. It's called Folding the Small Blind in Limp Pots. That's right. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be like 10 minutes, which is like enormously long for these videos. And it'll, it'll be out uh, April 1st. I'm releasing a new video on the first of the okay. month, every month. And that's a pretty simple, just, just fold, right? Just, just fold. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. People will think it's an April Fool's joke, but I know. It's actually a six way limp pod, and I have Jack nine just fold. And they're like, okay, April Fool's, ha ha ha. <laughs> right. Very funny, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, well, so I want, I want to shift gears a little bit. There, there's so many things that we can talk about. We should have you on like every month, just then I won't be. <laughs> won't feel like I have to ask you so many things, but that's just not how this works. But um, one thing you did mention, and I know Jim's all, he's a kid in a candy store over this. And uh, you, you started, you did some live commentary and yeah. said, I loved it. So tell us a little bit about your experience and, and how'd, okay. you get, how'd you get that opportunity and what'd you love yeah. about it? Well, Zach Resnick, uh, formerly of Just Hands Poker with, with Jack Lasky, mm -hmm. uh, we those two have been friends since forever and we all became friends when i was on their show like four years ago a couple times and and zach came out here he's a musician plays lots of instruments he lived here in berkeley for three years we were jamming having a blast he just moved to austin texas so he's a he's a business entrepreneur and he runs a poker game with all business people right okay. so he talked to the people at Texas texas card house in austin and they already had a live streaming game well, well, a lot of people watch it. Okay. Um, and he asked them if he could host a game and live stream it. And so he did. And we put this thing together. Called, he did. I was just on board called Poker Unicorns. So far, there's one been one broadcast like a month or two ago. Okay. So if you go to uh, THC Live is the name of the YouTube channel. Okay, maybe you can put a link up that I sent you to the thing. Yeah. But anyway, he invited me to do the commentary. And then we had another friend of ours, Alex Rosenberg, who's a business guy. And I'd written an article for like CNBC about poker and trading and all this. So we both knew him. And so Alex and I did the commentary for this game. Now, I'd never done this before. So I, you know, I'm a fanatical researcher. I just went and watched a bunch of Gabe Kaplan and watched all the best people and talk to people about what makes good commentators, what makes bad commentators. And I mean, I was still kind of a nervous wreck and had a little, some struggles, but it was my first time. But overall, it went pretty well. Okay. And um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more with them. We really don't know what the future of that whole situation is. It's kind of a wait and see. But I would definitely welcome the opportunity to do it again. 
we're we're doing uh, this Marek Madness. It's like March Madness, but for recreational poker players. So Marek Madness, where we're doing like this heads up bracket. And some of the guys here on the panel and some of the other core team members are playing. We're all kind of taking turns commentating in the booth. So I've got uh, a special guest that I'm lining up for March 18th who's going to join me. And then I have a very special guest on March 25th. Ryan LaPlante is going to be joining me. Oh, in nice. the and so I feel like I have to really do a good job. Yeah. And I I'm wondering what kind of tips do you have for me as a first timer? Because yeah. I think I'm going to be, I don't know, I think I'm going to be more like the play-by-play -play and he's going to be the color. Like, what, what do you got for me to help make that a little easier? Um... Oh, wow. He's reflecting on his 40 years of, of combat well, experience. My 40 minutes of... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I assume you've watched a bunch of... Oh, yes, of course. That's what I, And I've been yeah. trying to just sort of take it all in. And, he, and he's always telling us what we're doing right and wrong. So, I mean... It, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Hard I mean, I've got a lifetime of that. So, I mean, that's uh -huh. very helpful. Yeah, yeah. But was there anything... When you, when you did it yourself for the first time, did you, like, yeah. feel... Oh, that, I wasn't expecting this, or like this was harder than I thought it was, or well, anything I guess like that. I, one of the things you need to decide on is to what level are you going to analyze the players? Are you going to say that was a shitty play or not? That's one of the things Alex and I talked about. Because like, I didn't want to say, "Wow, that guy sucks," and then have him watch the movie and say, "What <laughs> that guy up my ass for?" Right? right? I'm never doing that again. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's a that's kind of a delicate thing that I was watching because yeah. I haven't actually watched a ton. I used to watch the when they first started it like 12 years ago. I watched it when Antonio and those, but I'm just not drawn to watching it poker. Uh, so so I actually needed to go. <laughs> just hear what they said but that so what do you think you would do jim i mean are you gonna like really critique somebody or what's your plan well it's interesting because the people playing i'm gonna be they're my coworkers and colleagues and friends here so yeah. they both i think we both have thick enough skin that i can give some real feedback but it's also right. kind of the rec poker way to be encouraging even when we're you know Offering, right. offering like some constructive criticism. So I think yeah. that's, there's going to be a, a, a very, a, a pretty easy line to balance. I think, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah. Are you going to know who the players are? I'm going to know who the players are, but not, not, I'm not going to know like that. That's basically what I'm going to know. Yes. Exactly. Are you going to know anything about them? I'm going to know a bit about them. I'm hoping that I can talk okay. a little bit about their own, like their particular styles or strengths or weaknesses. Well, I mean, even not, so this is because Zach's game was specifically, designed to get business interest from business people and entrepreneurs part of our plan was each of those players sent us a little bio about themselves mm. and alex and i weave that in but that was part of the design that's what zach wanted but it made me think of like the sportscasters right because they have a story for every single player yes the second string guy gets an interception runs it back for a touchdown and they can tell you right. something. yes <laughs> but that's their preparation. So maybe you could prepare something beyond their playing style mm -hmm. that you could comment in the spirit of friendly mm -hmm. cooperation or whatever. Yeah, and I think part of it, nice. I think part of this, and you know, we're doing a heads up bracket. So the action's a little bit quicker than, you know, when you get bored at a nine handed table. But I do think, uh, I think that's part of it too, because I think we want, you know, we're, we're sort of trying this out with our core team doing a heads up bracket, but we want to expand that. And so, yeah, I think whatever we can do to, have people go, man, I want to be part of that thing. And maybe that personal story is kind of part of that because mm -hmm. it's, it's community right. building. You get known uh, by doing that. Right. It's like the, uh, you ever watch the British 
break baking show my wife, my wife <laughs> everyone that's keeps telling us to watch this we have to watch uh, the it, show that's what i watch instead of watching poker no i mean they, they do these little bios but i'm i'm so into movie making now i just watch the editing and everything and they're just like bam they just get the you just get to know the person like in yeah. like eight seconds it's pretty impressive so but bios are a big part of bringing people in i think a little bio i like that yeah that's great thanks so, so, is this, so you're hoping to do more of this kind of stuff. Nothing, nothing in there. Maybe we're gonna have to talk about this with Rec Poker at some point here when we start doing this. So we we figured out how to do some editing so that we could we could play the matches just a little bit in advance, not have the the commentators don't know you know what happened, but we did it so we can edit it so the cards are face up and that kind of thing. So it can really be a cool you know experience when we add oh. the the common commentary on top of that. But maybe uh, Jim uh, Tommy Angelo maybe needs to be in our future. Uh, yeah, I think we should tap him as a resource next time. Yeah. So it's, it's all heads up matches? Yeah, yes, we're, we're doing like a, it's a bracket, like a March Madness bracket, right. just for the sake right. of time and uh, and trial. And, and people have said we want to do heads up, and we tell people all the time that's the part of the game that we rarely get to practice. You know, as right. recreational players, especially, you know, if we get to the end, a lot of times, you know, live events, the $50 tournaments, everybody wants to chop, or, you know, you're, you're right. eight big blinds on average deep and there's no play, and so – you know the the opportunity to actually practice some shorthanded play uh, is something we want sure. we want to sort of run our people through and, and we've had so many people say well how do I get in on that I want to do that that sounds like right. so much fun you know yeah I got a um, heads up story the totally off off the side here this is uh, happened a long long time ago so playing live in casinos heads up didn't come up very often right it'd be late at night down to five players four players three players mm-hmm. now I was never a big fan of heads up um i love three or four handed but i kind of need to have one other hand in there so that when i keep folding the blinds the two of them can go to go to war you're too nitty for heads up tommy yeah, <laughs> so, so i'm playing this guy we're playing one night and it comes down to like five players four players three players and it comes down to heads up and and i knew that the guy was like wanting to play heads up against me right i was already like you know somebody beat or whatever and and he's like he's like let you know let's play uh, let's play heads up let's say you know you we got to play at least an hour but the loser c- can quit any time okay no he said let's play at least an hour and after that the loser can quit any time or something like that right and i said i said how about if we just play either one of us can quit at any time and he's like okay i said i quit (laughs) (laughs) and went home (laughs) (laughs) i used to be a little bit of a shit stirrer I was going to ask you about the the commentary thing. It feels like, you know, you prepared for all that stuff. It feels like the one real hurdle you had to overcome was developing a personality and being comfortable uh, on video, right? That seemed like that sort of (laughs) the big hurdle you had to overcome. (laughs) No, actually, my real big hurdle was just following the action. Yeah, I mean, I was like, this this software they had was like not, you know, as sophisticated as some of them. And I was like, I've got my reading glasses on. I'm down here looking at this graph, trying to figure out whose bed it is and where the button is. They had this neat thing where it was like as soon as it came down to heads up, it just go down to split screen, which was great. Except the camera angle was exactly the same at both ends of the table, and so I couldn't tell if it was like the three seat or the eight seat. And mm-hmm. I ended up making a paper diagram with the circles with the 
people's name in it. And I had a little marker and I was moving the button around on my piece of paper to try to keep track of what the button was. So that was what I was struggling with. Uh, super fun. So I've got, I know we're, we're almost out of time. These are, these go by so fast, man, but they're, they're so much fun. Uh, you know, uh, but I, I do have one question for me that if anybody else has any question, whether it's online or you guys from the panel, but this is, this is a question I'm curious. I'm, I'm always interested to ask this question of people that are very eclectic like yourself that, that feel like you've got a lot of interests. So let's just say, uh, you know, three weeks from Thursday, you know, some, some random day in the future, you could do anything you wanted, right? Time wasn't an issue, money wasn't an issue, whatever. It just you could do anything you wanted. I'm curious, like what you would choose. Like, you know, would, would it be commentating, playing, coaching, writing, a jam session? Like, like what what is like your at this point in your life right now, like what would be your ideal day? Traveling, I don't know. What would be like an ideal day for Tommy Angelo? This is okay. So I've been tweaking, I've had the the ability and the means and I live with my wife with this beautiful home here in Oakland. We've been here seven years. She's working from home at a job she loves. It's like mm. things have really come together over these last five or seven years. The first three or four years here, I was working on painless poker and we have continuously tweaked our health patterns, our social patterns, our food, our sleep, our reading time, going for walks. I mean, like every single detail. And so it's like, it's all set right now. Mm. It's like every day. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I live in this constant state of gratitude because every day I basically do everything I want to do every day. Wow. I love it. I mean, every single day I go, almost every day I go for a walk, play music, you know, not nice, absolutely every single day. Right. And the traveling we do, you know, we used to do, slightly more exotic vacations. Now we're, we're perfectly happy just going to Hawaii for four days. Anytime the two of us want to get away. Yeah, or, that's not exotic at all for some. No, no, I mean, no, I mean, or drive somewhere in California. Right. And then the other traveling we do is we go to visit her family or my family back east. And so it's like, it's all tweaked right now to perfect. And it sounds like you're, you're very intentional about getting it how you wanted it. Yeah, that's why how it got this way, and why it will continue to go that way, is that is that you know our communication lines and everything are such that it's like we're willing to change anything or experiment with anything, you know. And there you go. You know, know Jim, Jim, let me just one one quick. I know you got to jump in here, but like, so the the biggest question I have though is if you're doing what you want to do every single day, why are you not on the Rec Poker Podcast every single day? <laughs> That's the biggest. Well, don't invite me. Uh, <laughs> Danger. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to get at that, Tommy, because I think that's something that more people have control over than they think uh, would be that sort of aspirational day, like the day where they have all the things in it that they would like to have. I think mm -hmm. most people most people think that like they'll just do the things that are important to them when they come up, but that's not the world. You actually have to make time for the things that you want to do. Sounds mm -hmm. like you've had some success with that. Can you just talk a, a little bit about what what allowed you to do that or what steps you took to make it easier to both create that kind of aspirational schedule, but also to stick to it day in and day out? Or not, it's not, yeah. it's not like you're tied to it every day, but it's, it's there. Yeah. To, to well, it's a, it's a very easy one-word one answer, and you've heard this from me before, which is meditation, okay? Before I started meditating in August of 2003, I was a typical full-time live pro degenerate, right? Terrible health, terrible habits, 
played poker all the time. I was very happy in that world, but I, you know, I was already 45 and, and things were not going to be good eventually. Okay. And then once I started meditating, the meditating isn't what made all this stuff happen. What the meditating did was give me just that seed of discipline, just enough that I could then start to plant that seed in where I wanted it to be. You know, if I wanted to learn banjo, I could learn the banjo, for example, or harmonica, right? So so it it all started with sitting still by myself every morning without skipping a day. But I haven't missed a day in 18 years. But it was especially those fir that first year is when that was the very, very beginning, because what happens is it gives me the control to not succumb to every single uh, craving. I still succumb to the vast majority of them, but not all of them all the time. And, you know, that was the beginning. And then you just add more and more time. And so, you know, the, the reason I was able to write Elements of Poker, I never would have written a book as, in my whole life, guaranteed, if I hadn't started meditating. Mm. It was only three years after I started meditating did I have the discipline to like, okay, I'm going to quit poker, I'm going to write every day. And that was a dream. That was a fantasy. Never could have happened. So for me, it, the spark of discipline was the daily sitting. Chris Jones. Yeah, we got a couple of questions from uh, the chat. It's sort of related um, a bit. Uh, the, the first one comes from Kim and is wondering how have your life and travels changed during COVID? And the second one sort of related, but more poker related and asking, do you have any recommendations for us when the poker rooms uh, open back up? And that one's from Keith. So I'm wondering if uh, what, what, how your life has changed with COVID and, and what kind of recommendations yeah. you have for us as sort of poker becomes more of a, a thing and live again. Well, because my wife and I both work at home, um, you know, we had we're one of those people that didn't have that much change, really, no major change, um, you know, just not traveling. Now, that question about COVID, is that about what? About the related to COVID itself, or do you think it was related to like how to play or what? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, coming back to live poker. The question then says, what might be different from what would normally happen? So, like, how do we approach if, we, you know, we haven't been in a live setting maybe for a year or whatever, and we're going back? Uh, I guess the question sort of related to, like, you know, any anything that you think is going to be different uh, in sort of the live world, both either play or just, like, the physical aspect of playing, like, um I'm sort of interpreting yeah. the question. I, yeah, I yeah. ask it myself, but I, I guess that's what yeah. I think we're getting at here is like, what what are your expectations for what what might be uh, different for us as we return to the game live? I mean, I haven't thought about it all. Maybe there'll be some logistical dif uh, differences left over from COVID protocols, maybe. Um, but I really can't picture... I kind of picture it being like one of these things where once you go back, it's like all of a sudden that year just didn't yeah. matter yeah. and nothing's changed. You know, it's like, it could be that, I don't, I don't know. I really can't. I mean, they're not going to be doing the plexiglass. Yeah. So kind of like riding a bike, right? I mean, you just, you're going to have to like, uh, just get, get back, back on the, back on the, yeah. back on the saddle. There. And, it, <laughs> I, and I don't think as far as strategy or anything, I don't think there's anything because of the, the break that, do you, well, I one of the things I've I've off, and maybe this is kind of what the question's getting at too is, do you think that players are going to be 
the same, better, worse, the player pool, uh, you know, uh-huh. with that, that time off, have people been yeah. studying and getting, you know, all of this yeah. kind of like they've had this time, they're playing online. They, what are we going to see from the player pool? Are you expecting uh, it to be sort of the same, better or worse? I think it'll be tougher. I absolutely think it'll be tougher. And I think the reason is not only are people you know, some people are going to be getting better through this period. And I have a, one client in particular who isn't, isn't playing online or live, but feels like she's gotten a lot better over the last year, just in her head. You know, yeah. you can just tell, right? And so, but I really think the games are going to be tougher. And the reason is, and less populated, because there's, if you, let's say we look at the whole batch of players, especially low, lower stakes, and we let's say we look at the, the 5% of the biggest losers, the 10% of the biggest losers, some of those people aren't going to come back. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, well, I've reestablished my life without poker. The cravings are gone because they, they were just feeding the cravings in the first place to a large extent, right? And they're just not going to come back. So I think we're more likely to lose bad players than we are to lose good players. How mm-hmm. many doesn't matter, but that to some extent, it's almost like shifting your act class percentage. That's going to make the games tougher, right? Right. You know, let's say like I played down at Oaks, you know, and they got the two five game and there were a couple of players that were the, you know, the biggest donators. What if they just what if one of them doesn't come back? My hourly earn goes down three bucks an hour. I mean, it's that simple. Right. Or some number. <clears throat> so I think the games will be tougher for that reason. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, good, good stuff. Yeah. I mean, and I know a few, you know, really recreational players that now literally haven't played at all for a year. They maybe played a couple times a month because they could go to the casino for fun. Now they literally haven't played at all. And I don't know, yeah, if they'll ever come back or if they're just like, yeah, I just moved on to something else. So that's an interesting take. Yeah. Any other questions from uh, the panel or from the, the folks that are online, Jim or John? Yeah, Tommy, can you uh, can you sort of work the network and see if we can get another great poker movie then? Because that's clearly what we need. You got to talk to some other entertainers yeah. and let's Why get another guessing? great poker movie and then we can get people back in the game. Tommy, should well, be I've got this. I got this, huh? You should be making the next rounders. No, I've got, I've got, this has all been solved. Oh, good. Oh yeah. So you know who Brian Koppelman is? Yes. Yes. Uh, is, is... Okay. So I, I, uh, I wrote, I tweet, I, Brian and I have no, no relationship until this exchange you're about to hear about. <laughs> so I wrote to him by Twitter private message. And I said, um, I said, hi, Brian, my name's Tommy Angelo. I wrote this book called painless poker. And I think it would make a great movie, and I, and I want you to make it. And I said to him, I'm only going to pitch this movie to one person because there's only one person who made Rounders. Mm. That's how I feel yeah. about Rounders, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. Okay, so Brian hasn't given me the call yet. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's doing. But when I get the call from Brian, then we're going to make painless poker. Well, because that one has to be a movie. That one's got all the qualities you need. So let's let's make it happen, Tommy. Do you want okay. me to call Brian and put in a good word? Please, that's why I'm right, telling you. This. Yeah, okay. Everybody, ping Brian right away. Get him on the I know phone. you might have heard from Tommy <laughs> Angelo, whoever that is, but I'm <laughs> John. Did you have anything? Well, you know, I was just thinking. You know how we have quotes that we say from uh, famous poker players or just poker related, usually sometimes just life related. Anyway, I I want you to to work on what you said earlier, getting that into a soundbite format, something along the lines of when asked what his perfect day was, would be, (laughs) 
Tommy Angelo replied tomorrow or something <laughs> along those lines. So, because I really would like to use that quote, but it was about a five paragraph answer. And that's just a little bit. Would you like me to write long. a tweet version? Yeah, tweet <laughs> yes. it. Tweet yes. it. Yes. 40 characters or less. Send us your tweets. Yeah, right. we'll use it on next week's podcast. That's right. That's a promise. <laughs> write a short version of my perfect day. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Yep. It can maybe become part of our intro. Now, how did you phrase the question just now? Uh, what would your perfect day be? Or oh, what is your perfect day? Oh, yeah. Day? What would your perfect day look like? And you can change the question oh, I know, I know. for the I, answer. Yeah. I like your answer, though, John, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, any other any other uh, questions at all for the great Tommy Angelo? I don't hear any. Otherwise, Tommy, give it, give us kind of your last words, man. Give us your what well, what advice do you have for the Rec Poker Nation faithful folks that are out there listening to this? They'll be watching this. Uh, I know you dropped a ton of wisdom on us uh, this episode and in the past, but what are what are sort of your parting words for for the folks out there? Um. As far as strategy, no, parting no, no, words are, no, no, I got to, my this strategy parting words. We'll, we'll allow to, uh, but it can be both the blinds related. Yeah. Yeah. Hold the blinds. Hold the blinds. And be good to each other. Uh, yes. <laughs> Listen to the man, people. Can't Listen to the man. He, he knows of what he's speaking. <laughs> Tommy, thank you so much. It is always a pleasure. Best to you okay. and your wife and everything you have going on there. If there's ever anything that comes up that you want to let people know about please let us know we'll either have you on or we'll let people know but tommyangelo.com is a great yeah. way to connect with you any other uh, best way to connect with you oh that's really it right on the home page it's all there just scrolling down love it well okay. best wishes to you sir thank you so much thank you okay. for uh, playing us in today with harmonica as well <laughs> uh, we may have to look at redoing our, our rec poker theme song just because of that. that was so much fun Okay, guys. All right, we'll, take we'll care. Let you, Thanks. We'll let you drop off. We're going to do some community stuff here, but thanks again, man. All so right. Much. Okay, bye. All right, guys. Well, there he goes, Tommy Angelo. Fantastic stuff. Uh, what do we got, guys? Let's let's break it down. What what do we now, think, Jim? I want to bring my kazoo now. Next time, I feel like I could really get my jam on there. Yeah, that was some... that that was legendary. That that getting into this was was pretty legendary. I think. I mean, the whole the whole interview was great, but. Uh, Boy, that was uh, it was uh, I think we've got a new theme song. I, I yeah. know it was so much fun too. And then he's got the background right. He's got okay. Well, here's the yeah. here. Right. Bring he the just comes prepared. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah. Anything. I've I've flirted with the harmonica a little. It's it's it's, it's it's easy to make it sound bad or to do like <laughs> yeah. yeah you know to do like uh, camp town races. But, I, I can make um, most instruments sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can make air guitar. I, I have a pretty good skill at that, actually. John, what were you going to say? Well, I was just, you know, I flirted with the harmonica too back in college, and then it said to me, "No, I just want to be friends." Yeah, no means that no. was kind of the end of that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, Keith's parents took away his electric guitar. Mm. Uh, I, I tried to take up drums at one point after I was married. Not a good idea. That's yeah, not I had a, time to try ooh. to take up drums. Yeah, I, I had a little turn at the drums too. That it takes a very generous house to uh, introduce the drum. Yeah, <laughs> your mic has started cutting out a little bit, Jim. Just, just FYI. So, just watch that deal. But yeah, so good stuff, Tommy. Fantastic dude. Fantastic human being. Uh, very inspiring guy. I like that he thinks 
Uh, he just goes to less exotic locations like Kauai. <laughs> like, okay, I'm in Minnesota. Like, I mean, Nebraska is exotic. So, I mean, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into the community stuff. I know we, we we went a little bit long with Tommy. Great stuff, though. But uh, Jim, should we let should we let Jonathan out of the dungeon and see if he has anything to say thank for you. us? Today? I was wondering what that knocking was. All right, here he comes. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. All right. Well, thanks, Jonathan Little. Uh, fantastic stuff. He sounds very consistent every time we have him on there, but a great friend of the show. Great stuff. Check it out. Uh, if you want to do us a solid and you're going to sign up for pokercoaching.com, do it through rec.poker. Uh, people are asking, how can we support you? Uh, you know, premium membership is great, but if you are signing up for some of these other things anyway, sign up through us if you don't mind. Uh, we get a little bit of a kickback and it helps It helps uh, keep all these folks, uh, you know, we, we can double John's salary <laughs> <laughs> if we can get your support. But no, uh, think about that. But thanks to Jonathan. So let's uh, community stuff. As always, why don't we start with our home games? Uh, I have a little bit of a vested interest in starting with our home games. So sh- everybody be really quiet. Yeah, let's not interrupt John yeah. for this one. You know, I so John actually, you know, did you? Gather, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I wasn't able to gather the stats. Yeah, no, actually, I saw. I thought we had a whole database meltdown here, and it's just yeah, it's gone, right? It's all yeah, gone. So yeah. we yeah. have everything except for what happened on Wednesday. I have no record. <laughs> yeah, that's, so weird. It's a real shame. There was like a fire in the Poker Stars. Oh, what a pity! Yeah. So I really don't know who yeah, won. I don't, Dude, that sucks. So that's gonna you know, whoever it was. <laughs> Congratulations! You're wait a minute. Let me see here. I'm going to see if I can do it. Not in our memories. Yeah, it's too oh. bad because it's an important tournament too. So. It yeah, is. That's too bad. Is. This it is. is hot news. I was oh. just able to recover the backups. Oh, I got in and I decrypted them, oh. and now they are available again. Oh, oh my gosh! According see. to this, on March 3rd for our No Limit Hold'em Championship Series, nonetheless. We had Rec Poker Steve, Steve oh my Friendland, God. won his very first No Limit Hold'em Series Championship event. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure that's... Monthlies. I wanted the monthly really bad. Congrats, Steve. Congrats. But, you know, this might have an asterisk next to it. <laughs> I did have to do the record or the restore yeah. of the backups. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some of the data you got really corrupted. Trust those? Yeah, I mean, that you feels know. like... Uh, we should be really sure about this one, I think. John, yeah, I know a guy that got into the system. <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners just to be clear this is in the monthly championship series so yep. steve has actually by winning this on the first wednesday of every month he's punched his ticket to the annual player of the year championship in december uh so that's pretty exciting and i'm super excited because i missed out last year like i didn't i feel like i'm you know play bad or run bad those wednesday nights whatever you know i just i didn't get into that top you know i didn't win one and i didn't get into one of the alternates and i was kind of bitter about not getting in there so now I don't have to worry about that. I can rest That's these. Nice. That's I'm in nice. the year in tournament. You know, it was, it was really strange because I was thinking to myself, these games, the games that we have had are getting incredibly tough. 
Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, these are just some really good games. We're getting rock stars winning every single week. But I guess this is the exception that proves the rule. John's like, well, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, John. You're welcome. And I don't want to belabor it too much. I'm very excited about the win. But you know who I beat heads up? Uh, Grandpa George. Uh, A lot of you guys know him. He was like four days removed from quadruple bypass surgery. I don't think you'll mind me saying that. Uh, unbelievable. And he was said like the first break, he like fell asleep. <laughs> and he was so tired. He had just gotten home. And part of me is like, I want him to win this so bad. I mean, I'm, I'm going to play hard at him. But then part of me is like, I don't want to lose to this guy. <laughs> so he made a good, a deep run. Heads up. You know, we, we well, got his heads up. And so, that's, uh, that's great. Oh. Yeah, I get a Grandpa George, one of my favorite people in the whole poker world. So yeah. uh, still healing wishes to him and uh, glad he made a run at you. I yeah. guess Fantastic. that does mean technically there is an asterisk since you were playing against someone in a drug addled state <laughs> after immediate <laughs> surgery. That's right. Um, that's a good point. Good point. And, and that kind but, of reiterates, reiterates your point, John, about how hard are these tournaments? <laughs> I won <yeah>. George got <laughs> But what how I really want to know is did you beat him with Ace King? No, oh. I know. I really wanted to. Or I wanted him to have Ace King and me to beat him with like Ace Queen or something. But well, I, I, I'm coming around to Grandpa George on this one. And, and at least in that monthly tournament, I have been knocked out all three monthly tournaments. This uh, Ace King versus Aces. Oh, uh, oh, against Aces? Yeah. Oh. Just wow. boom, boom, boom. I'm out. I'm out. Like I'm the first one out every time. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. He hates Ace King. Like, well, I, I've really never, does. I've never met George, but even I know he hates Ace King. Yeah, he's. So. I, it's, yeah. it's just. He introduces himself. He just shakes your hand. He's like, I'm George and I hate Ace King. <laughs> well, As a matter of fact, all... I thought that he had a really long first name. Yeah. First. I thought it was, hi, I'm George. I hated first Ace King. You know, I, I thought that was a really weird name, but. but no, he is, he is the real deal. If you know him, uh, you, you've, you've, you've never been the same. He's, he's a good, a good, great guy. So anyway, but yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Okay, so let's go on to the rest of the people who didn't have asterisks next to <laughs> um, March 1st, PCS 2005, Jack LaRue. Jack! I I won't your very inter- first standard tournament. And I won't stop you every time, but Jack has been knocking on the door so oh, many times. Oh, this is great. And he, I don't think he has – this is his first, like, win of any kind in the home game, I think. And he's a good player, and he's been knocking on the door, and I know he's been like, oh! So, anyway, very excited to see Jack uh, come through with one. Way to go, Jack. And second, uh, a new player that I've never announced before. (laughs) Magra44, Doug Drabeck, got his uh, second of the year. Standard, certainly. Daily Doug's, Doug's been in the uh, free chat and learning uh, together package, the course that we're running here. And it's been so fun talking to him about these wins because he keeps talking about like, yeah, I can't, I just, I just, I just, I just got lucky and won another tournament. I don't know why these other guys aren't winning. I'm so bad at poker. It's like, Doug, you're a killer, man. Just own it. It's amazing to yeah. watch him keep racking up these wins. Yeah. But because he's not prideful in it, he's learning. Like that's, I think, what gets in the way with so many people, not necessarily poker, but in life. Like once, as soon as you think you've arrived, you stop learning. Yeah. But Doug, Doug kind of credits being lucky, and then he just keeps on learning and learning and learning and getting better and better and better. So uh, it's a testament to his discipline there. And didn't you just say you weren't going to interrupt me every time? 
it's aspirational. I'm just it's checking. aspirational. It's like Tommy Angelo's daily schedule, right? We just hope it's something we hope for. All right. Then we had John Lancer, who's John Vensky in real life, got his first daily series victory of the year. E. Anderson, Eric. 85, Eric Anderson. Eric! Not the Eric Anderson that was on the MSPT poker tour, just so everyone knows that. A different Uh, Eric Anderson. Accidentally tagged on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, Eric Anderson. He got his first victory of the year. I think this is the Eric Anderson that emailed me a cool Poker Tracker 4 filter, so I can't wait to uh, talk to him offline about that. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. And then uh, March 6th, we had... Uh, Flying Bricks, Sarah Hansen won her first, fourth, sorry, oh, yeah. fourth, not first. No, she's a killer. Fourth daily standard victory of the year. Roadstar 33, up. Randy Smith won the, his first mixed daily series of the year. Did I miss something there? Were no, you... no. He, Steve, Steve was, uh, he's been chasing that ring, that pin for a while. He's, there's been a lot of second and third places for Steve lately. I think he's, he's having a little PTSD flashbacks to some ah. of these other tournaments. <laughs> then, uh, none other than Fergie 56, Kim Kilroy got her first international series victory Congrats, of the year. Kim. Uh, Stewie 13, Stuart Kendridge, he back won the back. other international tournament this week back-to-back canadians go go to both in the chat tonight awesome guys and then eric molina rob brereton won the inaugural ah. learn pro poker daily series victory so for long learn pro poker sunday lpp sundays nice and so nice. rob gets a he actually won a free month at learn pro poker i think um so he's gonna have to check the results post to find out how he can claim his prize with Learn Pro Poker. Yeah, but, I think uh, he is sorry. a member out at LPP, so I think they'll figure something out with that deal. So, uh, yeah, is there – so for future reference, what should people do that the win – so Sunday nights, uh, the winner is going to get a prize, and then when Ryan LaPlante is able to play, he will also play, and there'll be a prize for whoever knocks him out. Uh, so what should people do if they win that prize for future reference? So all they have to do if you win the Sunday tournament or if you're the lucky player that takes out Ryan LaPlante – um, you just have to email kl at learnpropoker.com. That's KL Cleeton, who uh, helps uh, Ryan out with a lot of that stuff. So if you win the tournament on Sunday or you take Ryan out, just email kl at learnpropoker.com, and they'll set you up with a free month to try at LPP. Or if you're already a member, I believe they'll just credit you a month. They've got, a, they've got some great programs. They'll do something there. for you. They'll, they'll do something cool for you. Talk to KL. He'll take care of you. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you, John. Amazing stuff as always. Sorry for the interruptions, but kind of amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing stuff, man. And I do love having, I mean, having the two Canadians win the two international ones. That's yeah. Let's keep, let's keep that international flavor going. Let's, let's keep that rolling. That's pretty fun. Nice. Nice. Well, I was surprised. It's, uh, you know, it's the first week in a while where Doug Drabeck hasn't won an international series tournament of course he did have a different tournament to win instead right yeah he met his quota early yeah and i will say it's nice to see some canadians representing because uh saturday is kind of turning into rec poker canada saturday in in our saturday study groups we've had a lot of canadians uh uh, in those and uh killing it on the international series and i think we actually had a canadian majority in the chat tonight here as well so i'm just saying yankees Time to start manning the battle stations. I want to see more Americans in these sessions because otherwise we're just going to call this rec.poker.ca. 
Hey, and so I, I know we don't have a um, an official Binks thing right now because we were kind of waiting for the live poker to get back in. Uh, but there's a ton of railing going on in Discord. If you like kind of railing people uh, in ACR and that sort of stuff, get out on Discord and rail people. Let me know if there's other big ones, but you guys, uh, Taylor Moss, the Taylor Moss, a uh, guy who's just a beast. Uh, you know, he's part of the part of the core team. Big win uh, Sunday. It was a day two of a $22 ACR uh, what it has a name. I don't know. Chris will remember the name of it, but it like $22 tournament PK, PKO. I don't know how many people entered the thing. Uh, he, he binks the thing and a bunch of us were railing him, watching him live. Super fun. He wins the thing. I think between bounties and the prize, he ended up with like six, 6,000 bucks, yep. something like that on a $22 buy-in. And it was so much fun. So uh, bink shout out Jinch, uh, Taylor Moss. Yeah, it was really fun to watch him, and and yeah, that's a big tournament. It has multi flights, uh, all like there's I think there's five or six flights that feed into the Sunday, um, so it's a huge field. He showed up Sunday as the chip leader, and wire to wire he won it, which is very impressive. That guy's a killer. He's a killer. Mm-hmm. I I still think it's I don't know who it's going to be, but if I had to pick one, it would be Moss as far as the first. Uh, rec poker nation member to, to win a bracelet. I think it could yeah. be a number of you guys, uh, but I, he, he's the real deal. Uh, yeah, he's smart. Phase in those spots. I've seen him live playing big spots live. Jonesy's the same way. I've seen you play in big spots live too. It just feels like unflappable. Like I'm way more nervous railing people than you guys are playing. But, <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. Uh, but, but congrats Taylor. And, and on that note about Taylor, he is, uh, he's really owning this Marek Madness project that uh, Rec Poker Nation's doing. And he is killing it. Uh, technical, technical, the, the technical world is throwing everything at him that they can. And he and Ben were killing it last week. I'm looking forward to seeing it this week. Um, on March 18th, um, I'll be in the booth myself, joined by the one and only Kim Kilroy here, Pet Fed, who's nice. joining us uh, in the chat. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I will remind everyone on the 25th, it'll be Ryan LaPlante and I uh, talking about uh, the championship match that goes on that night, which is a best two out of three. So it's free for everybody. Twitch TV slash poker on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, come and check out the action and uh, give me give me a hard time in the chat. I don't mind. Yeah, and as, you, as we're recording this, we've had the first two matches out of the four first-round matches. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, the full first round will have been completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But who who won the first two matchups? So uh, who remembers? Who, what were the two matchups for the first round, and who were the victors in that thing? So I, I played I played uh, Chad McPhee in, the, in one, and uh, – I did end up winning that one. And then uh, John and Rob battled out um, in the nightcap and uh, Mr. Rob Washam, Rabman 50 ended up winning that one. So Rabman 50 against uh, five by five in round two. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. And then the other half of the bracket will be completed. Yep. So uh, next, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Jim, you've got some big shoes to fill. Uh, Taylor and, Ben did an excellent job commentating. So I really did. You know, you're you're. It's going to be a tough act to follow. I completely agree. That's why. I, that's why I called my buddy Tommy Angelo and said, hey, Tommy, <laughs> give, me, "Give me the down low. I need some tips here, stat." So maybe Jim just has to be quiet and let Kim talk. Maybe that's just kind of what has to happen. <laughs> Jim being quiet. Have you read my brief? Right, exactly. Let's make Kim a co-host so she can meet you. Yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're uh, talking. Super fun. Great idea. Great concept. Taylor just ran with it. 
Uh, really, really, really fun stuff. Yeah, so awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so what else we got to talk about, guys? So Learn Pro Poker, that thing's, that thing's running now. Uh, I know we're going to have a study session coming up. The first of the month, we release a video that's Learn Pro Poker extended premium content. And then we have a study group. Uh, that you guys can watch. The premium members can watch that, join that. Learn Pro Poker folks can join that. Jim, what's the date on the uh, the study group? That study group is going to be on Saturday, March 27th. And it's one of several new study groups that we're starting to kind of augment the learning program that we're putting on here. So every month, as uh, Steve's saying, on the first day of the month, we're going to release this uh, Learn Pro Poker video that's behind their paywall. This is a, a premium strategic training video that they're going to allow us to share with our premium members. Um, but we also, at the beginning of the month, release Chris Jones's uh, Rec Poker Seminar. Mm-hmm. And so each of those uh, longer videos are going to have a supplemental study group on, a, on a, a Saturday later in the month where you can join me and some of our other premium members to kind of dig through some of that material and answer each other's questions and work through it together. We also have a study group around the Focus, which is an independent study uh, program that Chris also runs, uh, where mostly it's about giving the members assignments to work through on their own to help them understand range building or using tools, that kind of thing. So we've got a study group for that. And the fourth monthly study group, these are all on Saturdays between 12 uh, and 1 Central or 1 and 2 Eastern, is actually Jim's uh, Jim's Poker Tracker Review Group. And every month I'm going to be taking uh, hands or tournaments from premium members, uh, loading them up in my own poker tracker database, looking at them with my own filters and HUDs and seeing if we can find out some interesting insights about those things in poker tracker, or we'll just be talking about poker tracker and how to get the most out of it. So if you're at all interested in that HUDs, poker tracker stats, exploiting opponents, um, join me on one of these Saturdays. And, And to do that, all you have to do is go to rec.poker and on the left, uh, you'll see forums and groups. Just go to the groups page and just join all the groups that look interesting to you. As soon as you join a group, you'll be able to access their forum, all the PDFs and documents that we share, links to all the events, that kind of stuff. And if you have any questions, just email me, jim at rec.poker. Amazing, amazing. Uh, let's see what else there is to talk about. Real quick home games thing. Uh, I know we've got a, we're picking up new listeners because I know now with Learn Pro Poker's partnership, uh, more people are are jumping in here. Maybe they're listening to the podcast. If you're just tuning in for the podcast, this is sort of a new thing for you. Uh, jump in our home games. It's absolutely free to play, but you do have to have a free membership at rec.poker. All the instructions are there, uh, but I know almost every day I'm helping somebody kind of walk through that process. Uh, but, but, you know, reach out if you have any questions. But basically, you need a free membership. You need to put your PokerStars alias in your profile. And then you need to uh, jump in and apply to the home game club that we have. And all that is at rec.poker slash home game. But basically, if you do those things, uh, the magic of John Somsky will get you into the club and you can start playing. Um, so reach out if you have any questions. That's perfectly fine. I don't mind that at all. But uh, that's what you do have to do. So don't get a hold of me at 830 when the registration closes at 840. Uh, that's going to be too late. At 8 o'clock, I might still be able to make it happen for you. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I'd suggest if everyone, if you sign up like the day before you want to play, yeah, that'll give because it takes. I have a lot of this automated, and it takes an hour for it to download all of the information into our spreadsheets that we use to validate the user membership. So the sooner you do it, the better. Yep, agreed. Thank you, John. That's not poker players' normal strength is doing things in advance. So buck the system, do it in advance, figure out what you want to play uh, and, and get it. 
All right. So that's cool. Uh, what else do we got to talk about you guys? What else? Uh, the book study book. Uh, we already talked about that. That's going to be starting March 17th, which is uh, this Wednesday uh, when you're listening to it. Jim? But don't worry if you haven't done any reading, yeah. because the first one, we really just talk about how we're going to unpack it, what what to have prepared for the first session. And the first real session you should have reading done for, I believe, is the 7th of April. So get, oh, it cool. gives you plenty of time to do the reading, get the book. We've also got a, a, a Twitter uh, co contest right now where you can win a copy of uh, Modern uh, Poker Theory. So I encourage everyone to go to at Rec Poker and see if you can. Still yeah, and if you're a premium up. member, you can you can be part of those things and they're all recorded. So if you miss one or if you want to rewatch one or if you want to watch any of the prior book studies, uh, it's all there as part of our video archive. So membership is becoming more and more valuable every month that goes by. Uh, not to mention, I mean, we, we sort of quick glossed over the seminars Chris does. Those are fantastic. Like those are very, very good information with very and very studyable. So, uh, man, just a, a ton of stuff. And I think, you know, some people say, well, man, we can't possibly watch it all that you guys put out. You don't have to. That's the beauty. That's why we do it, because you can do what you, uh, according to your learning style, if you like the book studies, if you like the seminar, if you like to just sort of engage in the conversations, uh, there, there's there's a lot of options. So don't be overwhelmed by it. Uh, be excited that you're coming to the coming to the buffet and you get to choose if you want chicken, steak, potatoes, or vegetables, right? You get or pancakes. I mean, it's all there. <laughs> you can choose whatever you want. So it's it's a buffet, baby. Uh, uh, take what you want, leave the rest. Use the code REC Poker, get 10 bucks off your first month. Sign up, it's 15 bucks, get 10 bucks off, five bucks, do it for a month. You don't like it, cancel. Uh, watch as many videos as you can with your five bucks and call it good. But uh, it should be give you a good flavor for, for what we're doing and how we do it. Um, anything else, guys, that we need to touch base on? That's a lot. I know. That's a lot. We killed it. <laughs> we talked about half the stuff that we have going on. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let, let's, let's uh, anything there in the chat? I don't see anything there. All right. So we'll sign out there. Uh, but go to check out rec.poker. Sign up for the newsletters. Uh, Tommy Angelo, thank you. Fantastic stuff. Thanks to our panel, Jim Reed, Chris Jones, John Somsky. You guys were out there. There's a couple others that were out there from time to time. Thank you for running into the Great Track of Google Hotel website. And uh, this is Tommy Angelo. Thank you.